Morning, y'all. How's it going? I was uh, reminded as we were singing that song um, back several years ago. I was speaking on authenticity, and Michael and I were playing the services, playing the music, and couldn't find a song that fit. And so Michael said, oh, I'll just write a song for that message. And he wrote that song, and it's been uh, amazing ever since then. Well, um, we are kicking off a new series this morning entitled, What's in a Name? Where we're taking a look at how Jesus has revealed himself um, through some of the names he's been given. And I'll tell you, we're not even scratching the surface on the amount of names, and we're only going to cover a few. But um, what we're trying to do is to really understand better who he is as a result of the descriptive names that he's been uh, given that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. I, I, I think that we all have these kind of preconceived ideas about who God is, whether it um, you know, comes from our church background, the way that we were raised in our families, maybe even just what we've seen on TV. And, and there's a lot of us that have misconceptions about who God is. You know, So for instance, it can be from one extreme of a lot of people think of God as like this cosmic cop, right? He's the heavenly policeman who's the fun buster, making sure that everybody's following the rules and nobody's having too much fun, right? And then other people think of God as like this angry judge where he's just ticked off all the time waiting for you to screw up so he can throw you into the pits of hell. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where you have a lot of people who have this idea of like, you know, the Santa God, right? He's like the happy grandpa drinking his Coca-Cola and... You know, he wants that everybody be happy. And whatever your view of God is, what we're going to do in this series is really take a more critical look at who he is and understand he's way more complicated than any of that. Like he's none of that, and yet he's all of that, and yet even more than that. And so this morning we want to take a look at how God reveals himself in the person of Jesus and how in that moment that Jesus entered the world, it changed everything. It changed how we understand who God is and who he's not. And it all begins in the very first chapter of the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, when it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So um, I think if we're um, honest with each other that we all have a desire to be closer to God. I'll go out on a limb and say that's probably why we're all sitting here this morning, right? Um, whether you've been a Christian all your life, whether you're just starting out in your spiritual uh, journey, we all want to experience God's presence 
in our lives, but the truth is that most of us don't. Um, most of us don't know what it feels like to experience God's presence that brings us comfort in a time of pain or peace in a time of chaos or just allowing us to experience joy no matter what we're going through. The Apostle Paul once said, God did everything that he has done so that we would reach out for him and embrace him, though he is not far from any one of us. That really is the Emmanuel, that God became approachable. He became reachable. And God did everything that he did in the entire history of the Bible, went through everything that he went through to make that one thing happen. That Jesus would become that Emmanuel. That God with skin. That God with emotion. That God with pain. God with tears. God with He's near, closer than you think. The problem is that most of us are looking for God in all the wrong places. There's a story in the Old Testament, the Bible, where this prophet named Elijah experienced the presence of God up close and personal, but not in the way that even he expected. Elijah was going through this desert time where his faith was worn. He was tired down to his soul. And so Elijah finally sits down and says, Lord, I've had enough. I give up. Have you ever had a moment like that, a moment of despair, a moment of darkness where you just come to the end of your rope and you say, God, I just don't think I can take one more Well, it was in this moment of darkness and despair that God shows up for Elijah. And when he does, he comes out and he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Which I think is a weird question for God to ask this man who has plummeted into the depths of despair. Have you ever asked yourself that? Why am I here? What's the point of it all? Have I lost perspective about what this thing is really all about? I think God is asking Elijah to, in this moment, to help him to get a bigger vision for what's possible in his life. To see that what he's looking at right now in the darkness and despair is really this. And to open up the possibilities. And so he says, why are you here? Now it seems like Elijah maybe misses the point. Because his response to God gets a little whiny and complaining. He says, hey, God, I've been working hard for you. I've been nothing but faithful. But nobody's listening. And it seems like Elijah is wanting God to show up for him in this miraculous way. Where God's going to swoop down and just fix all of his problems that he's facing. But God doesn't do that. 
I would maintain that the issue in these desert times, these dark moments that we experience in our lives is not necessarily a loss of passion for the things of life that's symptomatic, that's not the root cause. Instead, I would argue that it's an absence of experiencing the presence of God in our lives, which reminds us of what life is really about, that drives us into that passion. To live every day with the knowledge that there is something more to this life changes our perspective completely. Something out there that is bigger than we are. That something that helps us to understand why the heck we are here and it inspires us to step out of the darkness and to keep moving forward in the journey. Well, God must have known that Elijah needed a little inspiration because he speaks to Elijah and he says, all right, here's what's going to happen. I want you to go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Wow. What an incredible opportunity. The very presence of God is about to happen right there in front of him. He's going to get to see God face to face. And I'm sure that Elijah had to be so pumped and so full of questions like, what is God like? How big is he really? And is he all glowy? And is he that kind of Santa kind of looking guy? Like, what, what is God? Like, I'm going to get to experience what everybody wonders of who God really is. And so Elijah goes up onto this mountain and he waits to be wowed. And then God does these amazing things. There was a powerful wind that tore through the mountain, just tore it apart and shattered the rocks. But the Bible makes this point. God was not in the wind. And then there was this like incredible earthquake where the whole earth is like shaking. But the Bible makes it very clear. God was not in the earthquake. And then he says there was a great fire, amazing, miraculous fire that took off. But God was not in the fire. So God did all these big and wonderful things. And Elijah thinks for sure that this is exactly where he's going to find God. God wasn't in any of it. And then after the fire, it says there comes this gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he knew this was God. After all the big stuff, this hush falls across the entire world. And there came this gentle whisper whisper. And Elijah knew that he was standing in the very presence of God. And in that moment, God says it again. Elijah, what are you doing here? 
This time it's different. This time he's standing in the presence of God, and so he gets it. He understands it. He understands everything, who God is, who he is, what is like the purpose of it all. And he goes off, and he's inspired to go on to his next mission as a man who has just experienced the very presence of I'm telling you, we look for God in all the wrong places. We watch all these great cinematography, these great movies and special effects, and man, we want the wow. We want the miraculous. We want the glory of God to come and just here, right there in front of us. We want God to swoop into our dark time and, and fix it. We want him to miraculously take away all the pain and take away all the stuff that we're dealing with. I mean, when it was promised that there would be this Messiah, the one who would save his people from their sin, Everyone expected a king to come in riding on a stallion with this sword and lead this military effort against their enemies to, to overcome and to conquer. You can imagine their surprise, can't you, when the Emmanuel was born a baby in a stable, lying in a manger. I mean, what kind of God is that? Is that God powerful enough to deal with my pain? Is that God big enough to save me? If you want to get out of the desert and you're tired of trudging through the sand day in and day out, if you've been in that moment of despair and drought, it's time to stop looking for the wow and thinking there's some big miraculous thing that's going to take us out of the darkness and pluck us up onto the, onto the mountaintop. It's time just to stop and listen and understand that the authentic presence of God is this still, small voice that says, what are you doing here? What is your life really all about? How long do you think it's been since you've been able to be by yourself? Like no TV, no phone, no family, no kids, just you sitting there in the moment. How long has it been since you caught the glimpse of a sun setting and you just drop everything and stop and watch that sun slowly fade into the western sky? How long has it been since 
the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning is not grab your phone, but just sit in the moment of the morning and watch the sunrise. Do you really think that you can experience the presence of God in the craziness of your drivenness? For me, I look for God in the next big deal, and he's not there. A lot of us, were looking for God out into the excitement of the world or vacation or whatever, but he's not there. There's a whole lot of people that are out looking for God over there where the grass is greener, and he's definitely not over there. But it's in those quiet moments when we finally stop long enough and shut up long enough that we can finally hear the gentle whisper of God. There are far too many of us who believe in God but have never experienced the presence of God in our lives. I feel like this last year or two with the pandemic has created a lot of weird, dark, uncomfortable desert times for a whole lot of us, stuff we couldn't even think of or dream of it before. And I think that for a lot of us, when we first kind of enter that desert experience or that darkness, we kind of embrace it for a bit. And we go, you know, it's not so bad here. You can hang out here for a while. You can hide from the world. Get rid of all the stuff that I'm dealing with. Until we get stuck there. And then it's kind of this recurring cycle that it feels like we can't break out of. We can't find our way out. But it's only when we stop struggling and focusing in on all the victimy stuff in our lives and stop long enough where we can just push the noise of the world out so that we can hear the still small voice of God and when he finally gets your attention he just quietly whispers your name and says why are you here? Seriously, what is your life really all about? I believe that it's only in those moments where we have experienced the presence of God that we remember and that we understand and that we lift up our eyes and have a bigger vision for what our life can be. And the Bible says that the Emmanuel has come and God did everything that he did to make that happen so that in those moments, God is reachable. And that we can know God is near. Most of the time, there is no wow factor 
in our walk with God. No big wave of emotion that comes over us and causes us to grow spiritually. No magic formula that causes us to then all of a sudden become close to God. It's just plain old making a choice that every single day when we get out of bed, we make a decision that we're going to walk with Jesus. That we believe that the Emmanuel has come and he really is with us. I uh, confessed to my small group a couple weeks ago when we were in a study that I am way better at doing than I am at being. The be still and know that I am God part, that's like the hardest part for me. And I'm sure it comes through loud and clear to y'all. I can't fool you all because most of the time the message topics that I pick are the things about doing, being on mission and purpose and making a difference in the world because that's where my comfort level is way more than doing teachings on prayer and meditation, which is not my forte. I'm just keeping it real. Put a shovel in my hand, and I'm in all day, covered with dirt and sweat and being the hands and feet of Jesus, working for the least of these. But put a Bible in my hand, I'm telling you, I'm hard-pressed to crack that thing open and just sit and meditate on the Word of God. Don't get me wrong, I read the Bible all the time. But I read the Bible because I'm doing something. I'm preparing for a message, or I'm studying for a small group, or I'm looking something up. And I feel real good about myself that I've just spent time in the Bible, but I'm telling you this, there's a big difference between doing something in the Bible and just being in the Bible. I do the work of God because that's what comes the most naturally for me, and I believe in it. And so I guess the question is, what do I, what do you believe about God? I'm guessing there's no question while we're here, gathered here at a church, that we believe that there is a God, that we all have that in common. We believe that there is a God who is out there somewhere. But do you believe in the one that's called the Emmanuel? Who is not the God who is out there somewhere. He is the God who is right here. Next to you who wants you to experience his presence. He, do you believe that he is the God who is with us? Do you really? It's one thing to cognitively know it because we read it in the Bible. It's another thing to live it out every single day to walk with Jesus like that.
And so this morning, I'd like to give us all a, a challenge, that, or at least me, anyway, that as we get deep into the Christmas season, that we just stop and be. That we just practice being. Do you know how hard that is for me? That we just be in the presence of God in a time of prayer. That when we wake up in the morning, we just leave that phone on the charger and we just be in a time of meditation, watching the sunrise or feeling the presence of God. That we just be in the pages of the Bible, not doing anything, but just being in the pages of the Bible where God reveals himself and makes himself known. Can we stop long enough that we can hear the still, small voice of God whisper to you? What are you doing here? What's the point? Really? That we just be in that moment and know that he is God. And that Jesus has come. And that he is the Emmanuel. That God really is with us right here.